Hey, you're listening to e-commerce and brand growth, the complete guide with your host, Michael Campanaro. I'm here with another episode at the end of my day to take some time and talk about a topic or topics that come up on a regular basis with my clients and with my team and anybody else who I talk to in this industry. Uh, I want to just take a second and... um, say thanks for listening in advance. If you have listened to my previous episodes, make sure you subscribe and stay tuned to new episodes. I am working on my name for this podcast, so it might change at some point, uh, but I'd love to have uh, new listeners stick with me throughout this process of discovery on my own personal podcast. Um, First topic of today probably the last topic because I only have 10 minutes to talk about it is uh, what you should be doing on email and what flows or automations you should be focusing on first. Uh, This is something that we do a lot for clients. We set up email campaigns under Klaviyo most of the time, but we've worked with other platforms. Um, It all kind of comes back to the same style of automation for most of these CPG brands. Uh, There's differences when it comes to B2B. My focus today is on B2B C brand. So consumer product goods, anything that's focused on directly to consumer sales. Uh, Things can always change depending on the brand. And I don't want to say that you have to stick with this, um, like for sure, because it might not be right for your company. But for the most part, most CPG brands are focused on these types of automations first. I'm going to go through the top four or five, maybe. and talk about what you could do in each of them. So uh, the list goes like this. The first being the welcome flow, the second being your abandoned cart, next being a post-purchase flow, and last being the browse abandonment. There are obviously tons of other ones too that you could definitely like work out and, and work through over time, but definitely the first thing I would start with is a welcome flow. This is the flow or automation that's going to be set up when a user signs up for your email. Um, And you want to make sure that you have this fine-tuned right off the bat because the second someone signs up, you want something to be triggered that's going to be insightful or pull them into the brand more. Give them a reason to um, enjoy following your, your email and actually open your emails. Almost uh, like 80% of the time, I noticed that the welcome flow is being driven by a promotion. Most people are still using promotions on their website to get people to drive or drive them to sign up. Uh, Buyers are really aware of this now. They will sign up sometimes to just see if they get a discount, even if it's not said. I think that it is important to um, do what's right for your company, whether or not you offer that discount. But the first email that goes out should probably be an extension to whatever you have said in your uh, pop-up or however you grabbed their email. Now, the welcome series of emails should be focused on the brand. It should be focused on um, messaging. It should be an awareness campaign for most people who aren't really familiar with the brand, but you also have to be aware that some people may sign up later for your email. So you also want to address whether or not they have made a purchase. A lot of the times we actually will split out welcome flows uh, based on whether or not the person has made a purchase because we wanted to talk to them differently uh, than we would if someone like didn't make a purchase. Um, So number one with your welcome flow, figure out what your tactic is. Is your tactic to 
um, introduce them to the brand? Is it to get them to make a purchase? And I think that those are the two two differences between most welcome flows. Um, if your if your idea is to make them make a purchase, then giving them an offer of some sort to sign up and then converting them with that offer is a great way to to do that um and if you're just looking to cater to um your audience in a way that's a little less pushy for sales then you would really want to go in the educational way around your brand i would say that you should limit your welcome series flow to about three emails and um three or four emails and if the person doesn't take action by then you should probably stop emailing them with your welcome flow i think that you could potentially see their behavior later on your website and then retarget them with something else for example the brand about abandonment email flow that i had mentioned earlier another um Another thing that you could do in your welcome flows is um, kind of break down things by subject. So, if, for example, if you're sending three emails, have three different topics around your brand that you want to discuss. Maybe these things are something like uh, the ingredients in our product, where our products are made, reviews from our customers. But really make it very clear what your focus is. And if you have anything else to say, try to make that sort of like secondary, not as focused. Um, you can definitely say more uh, than than just those top topics there, but you wanna make sure that that's like clear, visible, and um, that you're not overloading your email with too much information. It's probably better to send more emails with less information than a ton of information in like just one email. And if you're doing that, then you want to also have people take action and drive them to to take an action like a click or, or get to your website or to, or make a purchase so that's the welcome flow and the goal of the welcome flow you definitely want to have the welcome flow set up this is something that you can do yourself uh, obviously if you have a designer and a copy team it might be easier but um but it's something that you can set up yourself and of course if you have a team like ours we we uh we set these up for people all of the time. I'd say that the best thing you can do is just not, is think what's right for your business and what's right for your customers. Don't just go right to uh, what worked for some other brand. It might not work for you. Uh, the next really important thing is your abandoned cart emails. I would say to, um, if you're working on Shopify, I would say that, I mean, these are built out of the box uh, for every site that you add with Shopify, but you really want to customize these abandoned cart emails because they can start to seem really generic and people are just less likely to take um, initiative or discover more about your brand with just an email that says, hey, you left these in your cart. So um, again, this is, goes down to what's right for your, your company. You want to make sure that you are um, staying true to your brand and saying stuff that actually relates to your company um, and you're not just being super generic that has no personality and no relation to your company. Your abandoned cart email can have an offer in it. I had seen that done a lot more in the past recently. I don't really see that happening all that much. And I think just discounts in general need to stop being thrown around so much. Um, we are in business to make money and we want to acquire new customers, but maybe those discounts can come in other places than um, with really kind of high intent customers. Somebody who was on your cart and added to the cart 
they may not have not made that purchase because of the price of your product. It could have been a problem they had. It could have been like some other issue. So maybe address that first. Um, but remember, this is an, an abandoned cart flow. So you're going to follow up with more information uh, or more of an offer. So maybe coming right out the gate, you don't necessarily need to lead with an offer because I want to assume that maybe that wasn't the case with every customer. Um, I don't want to give away a discount if I don't have to, and I don't want to train the customers on discounts right away. So uh, let's say my my suggestion there is like first email maybe don't have you don't have to mention an offer um send them up an email about their products but also maybe tell them a little bit more about your brand uh and maybe there are other things that could drive them to to buy to be a buyer again like if you have safe ingredients or if you have a sustainable mission if you um, have any of these sort of extra layers of your company it might be a good chance to elaborate on that in your abandoned cart email which a lot of people kind of forget about and they just show their products um, and then as you set this up too you'd want to just i'd say um, you could go with three three emails max kind of a uh here's the things you left in your cart hey um just want to remind you these are here and then um maybe like you could offer in the third third email that goes out a discount but again this all just depends on your brand and uh, we personally always like to take an approach that's um right for the company and so uh it, it does involve a little bit more discovery and and just asking yourself some questions about is this right for your for your brand and your brand voice too so um, abandoned cart. The next, the next flow, which I actually, I think is the most, could be the most robust flow would be a post purchase flow. And the reason why I say that is that there can be a lot of, uh, variables based on how somebody purchased. So whether they purchased one time or they purchased twice, or they purchased a certain collection or a certain product, those things could all trigger different types of post purchase emails. So we want to map that out, um, and, and figure what's out again, what's right for your company meaning like uh let's say you have a brand that sells um a product that people only usually purchase twice um then maybe you only have uh like two splits in your post purchase so one being people who purchase once uh the second one being people who purchase more than once then you might have a company that has like refill products or like different things that happen after they purchase one product um so you might want to build that out a little bit differently um, or if they have if you have like a lot of products that you notice people are buying but they also then add on a different product later you may say if this person bought this product then serve them this post-purchase flow or if they bought from this collection then serve them this post-purchase flow you have to remember that the post-purchase flow can also serve as sort of like an upsell i don't think of the post-purchase flow as an email that's just like thank you for your order i think of that as like a thank you flow so or an order flow so i would consider this as more of a how to how do you educate them to become more or the better uh, ambassador for your brand so here's a here's an example of uh what i think is is kind of a good way to to handle a post-purchase flow um let's say somebody purchases once and you don't want to follow up with like discounts and sell them on stuff like that. You may try to get them to opt into other things that are part of your company that drive revenue. So a, a rewards program or an ambassador program, or maybe you um, have 
other types of like things that they could be a part of with the brand that can drive more sales too. So you're trying to turn that customer into another, obviously like want them to make another purchase, but you also could have them take action in other ways for your business. So don't forget about that either. I, I do see a lot of people think of, of like creating a post-purchase flow and, and they're just, again, they're just kind of like, look at our products, look at our products. Like here's, um, here's like a list of this collection. And um, in most cases that doesn't necessarily work unless that's just like part of the shopper behavior. But with a lot of the smaller brands that we work for, um, I think you, you kind of have to keep educating people. So in this post-purchase, I'd say education is really the biggest thing. Educating them about your brand, but also educating them about different programs and different collections or different ways of shopping on your site would be really important. Um, don't just assume that you can just, like just because they purchase you with you once, that you can just send out an email with some products and buy buttons and they're just gonna buy from there again. Um, really think more about how you're structuring this. Um, and with, with all of these flows, uh, I would say that you should map them out in a spreadsheet in some ways that, and that way you can see sort of like a bird's eye view of how they're interacting with each other. And so that's something that you could definitely do um, that would help kind of map that out. I would say you, if you're doing this yourself, you could, you can do that. And then even if you're, you're um, hiring someone to do this, it might make sense to uh, write out an outline of what you think about your customers and what you think might cross sell and what, what kind of like your customer behavior, like map that out for the partner that you're working with. Cause that could really help. We would get that sometimes, or even, I mean, it would be ideal if we got that more often from people. I think that would be very helpful um, in the process. And then lastly, I didn't talk about this too much, but browse abandonment. Um, it's, it's similar to abandoned cart, but browse abandonment's more of a uh, message that would go out if they didn't actually take any action on the site. They just abandoned after browsing. This is a really great way to just educate people and not be too, too pushy. I, I really think that, um, it's more about, providing something for the person who is viewing your website. So providing some sort of education or content that they might be interested in or uh, talking about how this might help them and not talking about the products alone. I think if you're focused just on the products, you're going to push people away more. I kind of come around to that theme often and stuff that I talk about right now. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about yourself or your products too much, people are going to lose interest. Not many people really want to hear too much about that. Um, and of course, if you have content like video content, or if you have channels with other content on it, serve that first in a brand about abandonment, um, email. I think any content that you can push out is going to be helpful, especially if it's video. And that's all I kind of got to say about those email flows. I think that they can take a surprisingly long amount of time to build out if you're really thinking about them. And then of course you have to focus on design and how you're laying them out, but those things can be a little quicker if you have uh, a team or a designer that can just whip them up for you. Uh, first and foremost, think about your goals, map out how many emails are in each of those flows, and then, um, right copy for each of them. That's where I would start off, figure out if it's right for your company, figure out if it's right for you and um, good luck. I'd say if you have any questions or need any help, you can of course contact me. Um, you can find our information on porters.io or just contact or find me online uh, on LinkedIn. 
under Michael Campanaro um, and or follow along and you'll get more tips and tricks on here for owning your own company or running your own brand or partnering with the other companies to help run your brand. I am Michael Campanaro and this has been another episode of the complete guide to e-commerce and brand growth or also known as e-commerce and brand growth, the complete guide, or also known as I'd like another name for this podcast. So uh, make sure you subscribe, follow along, and I look forward to seeing you next time.